1: Hi guys, welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the different fields of dietetics. So we briefly touched on this in episode two, and we kind of discussed what an RD is and scope of practice and that sort of thing. But today we're going to kind of break it down further, discuss all the different fields and what they kind of entail. And we hope to get a whole variety of guests who can talk a lot more about all these different fields. But For the time being, we're going to just kind of touch on them so that way if any RD to B's listening or any wannabe RDs are listening, you can kind of see what all you can do with our credentials.
0: Yeah, we're really excited. Dietetics is a very diverse field in terms of what you can do and it's really awesome to see all the ways dietitians are changing people's lives in these different areas because I think Going into dietetics, I thought there was only, like, clinicals, food service, community, and sports. I didn't think there was anything else.
1: Yeah, honestly,
0: me too. I didn't even really know much about community, so I'll probably have to take that one off my going in.
1: I think it was, like, clinical. Yeah, that was
0: my first rotation for my internship,
1: community was, and I had no idea what to expect for that. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew about, like, WIC, I guess, which we'll get to more about what it does entail, but that was about it.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. So, starting, oh, I think Hannah mentioned that all these require an RD credential. So, you must go through the proper education, pass the exam, continue education, all that, all that jazz in the Listen dietetic Episode world. two.
1: Episode two has all the deets on what you got to do to get those credentials.
0: Yes. Those creddies. I like
1: that better (laughs) than credentials. Credentials was gross. I did not like that.
0: It, it was a good effort. <laughs> I tried.
1: We all know at this point that I'm not good at like making fun phrases or abbreviations. I, I try too when, hard. I
0: love whenever you try it.
1: <laughs> Today at my other job I said that like hold the candle to something and it made no sense. Like, you know, like the phrase, like you hold a candle, like you don't hold a candle to her. Like that kind of thing. See, like I can't even explain <laughs> what it means. I, I said it in such a wrong way. Everyone was like, what are know, you talking about?
0: I know hold your horses. It's like, oh wait, like, is it like you can't compare to her?
1: I was just gonna say, that, like, you don't compare to that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely Maybe. didn't say it in that way, but <laughs> that's what it means.
0: You can't hold a candle. <laughs> I
1: don't know what I forget. I forget what instance I used it in, but it was nothing had had to do with like comparing people or anything. I, the I don't effort know, was there. The effort. Was... It's, it's one of my fun quirks, I guess. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So let's dive into the biggest one first, which is clinical. That is a big chunk of what a lot of dietitians do do. <laughs> um, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay. So in the field of clinical, it's kind of like broken down into sub categories, I guess. So inpatient is probably one of the most popular and that includes when RDs are in the hospital setting and they check in with patients who are staying at the hospital. They help with like tube feedings, um, parental nutrition. Um, they might do like a diabetes education for a patient if that's requested by either the patient or the doctor. Um, trying to think what else, what else do we really do during our clinical rotations?
0: We had, I guess it's not really, this kind of bleeds into outpatient. So hold on. There, I had some types of like group educations but that was with patients who were inpatient and became oh. outpatient. So I guess that's not really yeah. inpatient, but there was a really big dialysis lab at where I was at, which was really cool. Yeah. And it, I was for a second, I was like, do people come in for the? Do people come in for that? But <laughs> no, it was inpatient patients that were yeah. staying in the hospital and they rotate in and out and go during their designated days. It's a lot of, like Hannah said, the people are in the hospital. They're staying there. You, they don't return to their homes until they're discharged. And there's a lot that goes on because you can also, there's a big supplement portion of inpatient because oftentimes people are experiencing wounds or trauma or whatnot. They might need to be increasing their calories and protein. And the dietitians play a big part in helping supplements. Also dietitians play a big role in acting as, I guess, a liaison between the food service kitchen portion of the hospital with the rest of the staff, mostly nursing staff, since nurses are kind of your number one go-to when you need information about a patient. But this is important to note because dietitians are not the same thing as dietary dietitians work a lot with medical nutrition therapy the treatment and prevention of diseases the most food handling i've seen with a dietitian is with supplements when they give someone a supplement but they are not the ones making the food
1: they're not preparing it. They have nothing to do with the menu oftentimes, unless they do work specifically in food service. But if it's just a clinical inpatient RD, they have nothing to do with the menu or the food or how it's prepared or when it gets delivered or any of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. And hospitals are doing a really great job of increasing their kitchen staff to have like catering associates and people who actually come up and talk to people about their menus and what they're ordering and answering questions they have. So there are those go to people. And I guess it's really just familiarizing yourself with the staff and not assuming that the dietitian also is going to go down and make all your food. Yeah.
1: So little tip, if you're staying in the hospital for any reason, don't claim the dietitian for your gross food. It's not our fault. (laughs) No, but yeah, a lot of, there is a lot of charting involved with being an inpatient dietitian. Um, there are some days, and I'm only speaking from experience for like three months as an intern. So that's, I just want to put that out there. But when I was an intern, there were days I was very active on the floor and seeing a lot, a lot of patients. But there's just some days where it's patients who don't need to be seen one on one. It is just a lot of charting. So it is really different day to day. But that could be a good thing if you are someone who likes a lot of variety and if you don't want to like specialize, is when you're inpatient, you'll see so many different kinds of disease states and everyone has like different needs, unique needs. So that can be a really good position for someone who gets bored doing the same thing over and over again. Yes.
0: I think that was a pretty good summary of inpatient dietetics in a clinical setting. So kind of going off of that is there's outpatient. And this is when an individual isn't staying inside a hospital, but they might be going to services associated with a hospital. And this is kind of like if you have, like I was talking about in my clinicals, I would help teach a weekly cardiac class to patients who were in the hospital for various cardiac conditions. And they were referred to our program by their doctor and we would educate them on various cardiac associated topics, mostly around like saturated, unsaturated fat, fiber, salt, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So this is actually what I do. I am classified as a clinical dietitian, but I'm not in the hospital. I'm in like a part of the hospital, but not on the actual campus. And I work at an outpatient weight management facility so patients who are looking to work on their weight management, usually weight loss come to us and they often do get a referral from a doctor. It's often how it starts as they're talking to their doctor about how they've been struggling with their weight and the doctor sends them to us, but they can also just walk in the door or I guess they have a call and schedule. They can not just walk in the door, but they can also just schedule an appointment with us if they don't see a doctor through that certain hospital or whatever. But along with outpatient weight management, which again is what I do, there's all kinds of different like specialties that outpatient can include, such as like renal. So patients who are in dialysis and they come to the dialysis clinic and the RD is there to help counsel them there. Um, pediatrics is a big one. Um, oncology is another big, one, especially at my hospital that I work through. Um, there's a ginormous cancer center and there's, I think like five or six RDs who like when the patients are there for chemo or just checkups or whatever, the RDs will go and talk to them about their struggles often with appetite and that sort of thing. Cardiology, like Emily mentioned, those are really the biggest ones I'd say for like outpatient facilities. Um, and we forgot to say like when you're in the hospital too, there's like different specialties there. So usually at most hospitals, like each floor is a different specialty. So like at mine, when I was an intern at the hospital, like one was, I think ICU. So like traumas and that sort of thing. And that's where a lot of tube feeding calculations often are taking place because those patients can't usually eat on their own because they have a lot of trauma going on. I'm trying to think of the other ones. There's like a general one usually, which is like if they have the flu or something like that, dehydration, whatever. Um, one was like, what was it? Med surge. That what it's called when they just had surgery. Mm-hmm. That was another big one. So that one's often, again, a lot of supplementation trying to get their protein needs up. I think that's the biggest one. Did you have any other ones at your hospital, Emily?
0: So I had the privilege of working at. I think it was the biggest. It was. It is the biggest trauma hospital on the south side of Chicago, which was really cool. So that it's called Advocate Christ Medical Center, and it was huge. It was, I think, two or three different buildings and they were all connected. And we had, I had a 12 week rotation and it got cut off because of COVID, but every single week would be in a different unit. And we had a renal unit, we had peds, we had neonatal, we had cardiac, we had general medicine, we had rehab, we had trauma, we had surgical trauma, we had all these different transplants. Like we had a cardiac transplant, kidney transplant um lung transplant and then we also had a psych unit which was a lot of eating disorders depression anxiety stuff like that so it was really cool because there were so many different areas of medicine that I got to work with yeah and it was also so cool because oh another big one neurological oh, oh yeah one of my favorite ones was like, like neurological ICU um all that brain stuff yeah mostly seizures really cool. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was really cool because dietitians play such a big part in all these different units and people might not realize that but it's really cool because if you want to be a dietitian you have the opportunity to work potentially in one of these areas and then if you want to learn more about dietetics headaches you'll know that dietitians play a part in the treatment care team. I don't yeah. think that's the right term. Multidisciplinary ever, team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you ever go to like rounds when you were an intern in clinical?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always liked that. Rounds were an intense time.
1: They were. The I, doctor would like go through patients like so fast and you had to like chime in if you like had advice or whatever.
0: Yeah. Then- I always was so blown away by – because at my hospital most of the nurses did rounds and like their nurse manager ran it and I was I understand a lot of it is passed down from the previous nurse who was working working that shift so yeah a lot of the information they didn't have to look up but they shout out to nurses they know knew so much information like we had asked the randomest it wasn't random it made sense yeah. <laughs> with their care plan but <laughs> all these different types of questions and they had the answer like oh have you gotten this lab test done or what did this test say what is their feed feeding tube tube rate stuff like that it was right and like it was we would really call cool. them
1: like we would like call the nurse if we were just like had a quick question about like a tube feed raise up like that and they always just like knew the answer like right there yeah almost always it was kind of crazy it was impressive. Yeah. I could barely keep patients straight when I was doing impatient. <laughs> I know. You have, like, 10 or 20 new ones every single day. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, they also crazy. probably work in the same unit, so that probably helps a little That's bit true. if you, like, tend to see the same people or, yeah. like, you're aware or you've heard about some people, but still, still really impressive. Yeah. I really liked rounds a lot, too, because it really puts an emphasis on the teamwork portion of clinical because if we need to make any changes everyone most everyone you needed you needed to talk to was there yeah
1: pharmacy yeah nursing Mm -hmm. doctor of course yeah it was cool it was cool
0: yeah go team go team medicine (laughs)
1: Okay, the next one, I don't know much about. I've never experienced long-term care before as a dietitian, So, um, Emily, I would just love to hear your experience with long-term care.
0: Yes. I had, my last rotation was in long-term care. And this is another component of clinical, although it's not in a hospital setting. Yeah. Long-term care facilities have become very popular over time with the increased need for them and also the increased availability of independent and assisted living. But I did my last rotation at one of them and it's very different from clinical. At least I thought it was in the sense that it was very much so more you're giving advice to them or you're, you're making recommendations, but they can really choose to do whatever they want, hmm. which I guess is pretty I mean, that's standard what I over any too. Care. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can but tell you how many
1: calories to eat, but if you would do whatever you want, that's on you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was very much had a palliative care feel to it, but it wasn't palliative because they were doing decently fine. So yeah. another common thing that I said, palliative, another very common theme with long-term care is palliative care and hospice. Hospice is when an individual is deemed to have less than six months to live. And they put on a, they're put on this hospice plan that is basically meant to become more of symptom management and helping them become more comfortable. And it's really about emphasizing the patient's needs and whatever they want so that they're more the most comfortable we can make them during their end of life palliative is not i don't think there's a set like there isn't a requirement for how long they're expected to continue living but it's has the same ideology where it's very much symptom management we don't know how much we can do to treat A condition, but we really want to emphasize the patient's desires and needs. Yeah. But it's very, at least at the long-term care I was at, it's very Mm low-key, very chill. I would hope so.
1: I mean, there shouldn't be like strict dietary rules for someone who is in their 90s and lived their best life already, you know? Yeah.
0: Most of the conditions we saw were diabetes complications and osteopathic complications. Just a lot of falls and broken bones and diabetes issues. That that really makes sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Was there a lot of like hypertension kind of stuff or not really?
0: I'd say so. any heart health at
1: all? Okay.
0: There was a decent amount of heart health. A lot of them had a lot of the overlap they kind of all had like the same. (laughs) And again, same um, at my job
1: with obesity. It's a similar thing too. a lot of the complications are similar comorbidities, I guess it's a better word.
0: Yeah. Something I really liked about my place is we had an independent living center, an assisted living center, and then we called it healthcare. And it was kind of like a mini hospital feel where if someone really wasn't doing well, they were put there. And when I worked So I actually went to the same place for my food management, nutrition and long-term care food management. I worked a lot more with the independent and assisted living patients or I guess residents we call them. And when I worked long-term care, I worked a lot more with the healthcare patients Mm -hmm. because they normally needed that nutrition assistance. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. There are a lot of jobs in long-term care. I do know that.
1: There are, there really are.
0: Yeah. So if that's a passion of yours, the opportunities are there.
1: Okay. So that is the gist with clinical dietetics. Um, I mean, the big three are inpatient, outpatient, long-term care. That's kind of where it really stands. And there's just so many different subspecies, subspecialties, not subspecies. <laughs> oh, back at it with the wrong words. It's funny. Cause I'm like really into grammar. I like need correct grammar but I can never get like words right for some reason I don't know why
0: what an interesting struggle (laughs) I know my life really isn't that hard if that's what I'm dealing with (laughs) I'm really into grammar
1: (laughs) I really am I I love grammar like I would talk about commas with you all day long if you wanted to in my other life I think I'm gonna be an English teacher (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like, I love talking about grammar. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. The more you know. (laughs) I know. This is also really learning more about me today. Okay. The next field we want to discuss is community and public health. So Emily and I both touched on this a little bit as well during our internship time, Um, but not so much after that. I really enjoyed my community rotation. And I would have loved to work there, but there just weren't any jobs in that, to be honest, after I would graduated, but I really, really enjoyed it. So I actually did all of my rotations in the same healthcare system that I work at now. And they also had like community RDs as well. And they had this really cool community garden. It was the coolest thing. So like they had like a farmer kind of lady who worked there. I think she was a farmer. So she like ran all the greenhouse stuff, like the plants and making sure they grew and everything. And then the dietician worked at the greenhouse as well. And there was like a cooking, like a kitchen in there. And so she would do the like cooking demonstrations and like classes about like how to use more homegrown fruits and vegetables, that sort of thing. So I just loved that rotation. That was super duper fun. Um, along with her, the the greenhouse dietitian, there was also a couple others who would like go to the homeless shelters and teach healthy eating on a budget, that sort of thing. Um, So that one was really fulfilling. I really, really liked that rotation a lot. It was cool.
0: Yeah. I unfortunately did not have the opportunity to do my community rotation in person because of COVID. So my entire WIC rotation was virtual. I did have the opportunity to work with their farmer's market when I was undergrad. And that was really cool because one of the benefits of WIC is if you're eligible, you can get these farmer's market checks where you can spend an amount of money on the fresh produce there. And that was a really fun opportunity because one, I love farmer's markets. And two, it was really cool to see all these people coming in to getting their checks and getting really excited about where they can use their checks at. So that was a really awesome component of it.
1: That's pretty cool. They actually had a farmer's market as well at my hospital, at the garden, it's a community garden or greenhouse. And so it was kind of the same thing where like certain members of the community who were, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Eligible? Low
1: income, income, yeah, more eligible. They would be able to get like these little vouchers and they could spend them at the farmer's market for the produce that the the farmer and the RD grew themselves. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, very fun. Okay. Next
1: one is consulting. And this one, I don't have experience with at all, do you? So we're kind of just speaking from what we have heard or what we have researched.
0: Well, I guess I might have experience, maybe. (laughs) I, I had a nutrition clinic rotation and we worked a lot with the Benedictine school and athletes. So people would like email us for consultations oh yeah i guess maybe i do have experience in this yeah um and it was really a nice resource for the staff and athletes because we were all learning how to do more individual consultations group consultations and they had free access to us anytime yeah so that's a really cool program with the staff and I really liked working with the athletes as well because sports are cool. Sports are cool. <laughs> Hashtag we'll to that. Sports are cool. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying these things. You've got your hashtags. I've got my messed up. I know <laughs>
1: <like> common phrases.
0: <laughs> it's okay. But another component that was we this was also during COVID, so a lot it was all virtual. But we worked with the west chicago school public school district and we created this isn't really consulting but it is the school component of nutrition where we would create fun activities and research little videos and stuff like that to show to elementary and middle schoolers which was really cool to be able to teach some about all these fun nutrition topics and i've never really created educational handouts for that age group for those age groups yeah that was really fun to do that is fun
1: so other ways you can be a consulting dietitian is like I guess what I've most commonly seen is like businesses will like hire them to come and like present to the staff of the business for like healthy eating I don't know like meal planning that kind of stuff and a lot of businesses have like incentives where if you meet your health goals your insurance rates improve or like you get a bonus that kind of thing like a health bonus I don't really know exactly but that is another common consulting gig
0: yeah consulting's really cool because it can you can kind of be hired on wherever people might need you yeah and it really leaves a lot of room for creativity because you might have any experience with that group of people and you kind of gotta do your research and prepare the best you can to figure out what your target group's gonna already know what you want them to know
1: right like it could be like a group of accountants or it could be like at a church like I don't know it could be like literally anything
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's cool so then the next section of dietetics is in the food and nutrition business industry and this is very much so when an individual might represent a business or a food company and they might produce social media for it. They might go to different sites and advertise different products and work in more of a sales component. And they also might work as an ambassador where they go to different conferences. They are, and this can be not only nutrition conferences, but also associated, um, specialties i know apparently it's common for dietitians to go to dentist con- dentistry conferences i didn't know what? this but i was talking to someone and apparently they went to all these dentistry conferences Why? and the dentist loved it <laughs> i guess you're like oral health that's weird. i mean like what if someone ha- doesn't have teeth maybe that's or true. something like that like that's dy- true that's or true. dysphagia i don't know how much dysphagia has to do with dentistry because yeah, that's more of like the like like swallowing. like yeah I don't know. Well, to get but, a dentist on for a guest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know
1: any dentists. Do you? Only my own, but I don't think she works. actually. I do.
0: I do know a student. I'll talk to her anyway. Oh, cool. Stay tuned. We're gonna bring a dentistry student, Sam. Mead. If you're listening, <laughs> check your email. <laughs> but yeah, this is a really cool component because it's much more that business. Um maybe even PR aspects where you're really representing the company and doing specific tasks for them. Yeah.
1: I feel like I would like that. Like working for like, like the example I gave you earlier was like Silk, like the soy milk company. I think that'd be cool to like work for them and like run their website, like write blog posts, like that kind of thing. It'd be super fun. It's pretty
0: neat. Hey, Silk, if you're listening... Give love Hannah, to collab. go DM Hannah yeah. at dietitian.hannah on Instagram. Yeah. Ooh,
1: thanks girl. <laughs> Anyone want me to shout out for you? Just
0: let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. I I don't even,
1: I've never actually, don't tell Sok this. So I've never actually had their like products before. I Really? Like regular dairy, yeah. Oh,
0: I guess that's true. You're fine. I have. Yeah. They're pretty, they're really good. I like really? them. I mean, they're a big
1: name. So I figured I still want to collab. I'll, I'm sure I'd like them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, next category or next field is food service. So we did say that RDs aren't the one making the menu if you're an inpatient RD, but there are RDs that often do work within the food service portion of a hospital or other industries too, like schools and long-term care as well. Um, but like, for example, where I interned at the hospital, the, the manager over all of the staff there was actually a dietitian, and she helped as well with like menu creation and a lot of just, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, the flow of, like, how the food went from the, the cellar to the hospital. Like transportation. The, yeah. And, like, how the food went from, like, the hospital to the patient's room. Like, the whole flow of, like, there's a word for that I can't think of. But, basically, they really run the big
0: picture stuff and the day-to-day stuff as well. Yeah. Another really cool component of food service is catering. I think catering events are so fun, especially when they're themed. That's something really cool that a dietitian can play a big part of because they're really focused on making sure the necessary food groups and nutrient requirements are there, but still making it a fun experience to eat the food, to try new types of food. The decoration part is really fun. I really enjoy that. And setting it all up is really cool. So yeah, that was one of my serviced? big projects. Yeah. When I
1: was an intern, i like was run a catering event.
0: Yeah. Oh, what did you do? What the- It was pretty cool. It
1: was just for a meeting, I think for a bunch of doctors. I had like a late night, like monthly meeting or whatever. And I don't think it was very themed. So that kind of stunk. It wasn't like super exciting. It was at a very small, okay, I'll back up. During my clinical, or excuse me, my food certification, I did part of it at like a really tiny like sub-hospital, part of the big hospital, and so it was like a very, very tiny facility. There's probably like five doctors, doctors there, and it was just like a basic like, I think we did like some kind of beef and like some mashed potatoes maybe, so it wasn't that exciting, but it can be very exciting if you have a bigger facility that you're working for. So like yes. at the hospital as well, they have like this giant catering center where they host like really big events sometimes so I didn't get to cater there because that would probably be a hot mess but those do exist if you're more into <laughs> planning actual big events mine was not that cool
0: yeah I feel like food service oftentimes also gets a bad rep and dietetics most people are like uh, I don't want, I don't ever want to work in food service um you'll never catch me making a sandwich <laughs> I know I've said uh, that before. I know, but I think with the right facility and the right company and the right staff, that might be a lot to ask for. Since there's so many different <laughs> factors, but it show can me that. show me that workplace. <laughs> um, it can be a really fun experience and place to work. And I know some people that are really into food service. So yeah don't knock it till you try it's very different from working in your fast food high school job it is than it is being a dietitian for it if you're into management
1: that's like a lot of what it usually
0: is so if you're a leadership
1: kind of person that could be a great role for you yeah
0: and it's fun making
1: menus yeah that too if you like doing that that can be pretty cool
0: Oh, there's the whole issue with budgeting. But normally, in my experience, the like executive chefs deal with that. And I was like, like I was, I know I'm supposed to learn budgeting, but budgeting is just it's like all the FTEs and that stuff. I realized I forgot like almost all the calculations. Yeah. From the RD exam, I was looking at a practice question. I'm like, I would have known this so well two months ago. Ugh. It's okay. That. It's probably somewhere
1: in our brain. You just got of um... I'm never going to use that again, I hope. So it doesn't really matter if it is or not. <laughs> I can look up if I have to. I have all my, my binders.
0: <laughs> true, 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 true.
1: Well, speaking of management, along with food service, you can also just be a manager over RDs really anywhere. So like, for example, again, like my boss where I work as a manager and she oversees all of the clinical dietitians, inpatient and outpatient, So again, she doesn't do a lot of like medical therapy or nutrition therapy or anything, but if you're into more of a leadership role, that could be a really good place for you.
0: Yeah.
1: And you still get, I guess she does like touch on that kind of stuff. Like she has to like, look at all their charts and things and make sure they're accurately treating the patients, but she doesn't do that so much day to day. It is a lot more, obviously management stuff.
0: Yeah. I think it really depends on the person and what they're looking for. Because some yeah. people really like that patient interaction, whereas others would rather be more in a, from a, coming from more of a managerial standpoint.
1: Yeah. And she like fights fires, like 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 that kind of stuff. Like if there are issues with patients. She's not a firefighter. That's what you're laughing about. <laughs> she doesn't like on the weekends Imagine like, double as like, <laughs> a firefighter. <laughs> fire, fire, What was that? Like punching it? <laughs> um dad if you're listening Emily needs a <laughs> Emily needs taught what a firefighter does so please get in contact I know he's listening so I'm gonna have him contact you about what a firefighter really does I just like the term we'll have to ask if he punches fires ever all. I'll ask him and let him or I'll tell you what he says cool let us all know <laughs> okay yeah dad if you're listening we'll have you as a guest i think that'd be good i don't know what a firefighter and rd can <laughs> discuss as a mutual thing we'll figure it out
0: although i think Ooh! sometimes like dietitians are consulted to speak with firefighters and like That's police true. officers and cool moving on from fighting fires with your fists anyway <laughs> where, where, where? the next area of dietetics we want to talk about is research and education and I don't know why I didn't think of this when I was coming to undergrad because we had nutrition professors. Um, I guess I just never thought dietitians went on to become professors, even though I don't know if i say it's common, but. I think a lot of them were. hmm So you can get that PhD, become a doctor in your associated field. A lot of dietitians we know were directors of our didactic program, They were kind of big continuing lecturers in our program as well. They really can play a big component into the education portion where they just really, if you're really into the education portion, teaching could be a really great route for you. And then additionally, if you're really into the research portion because the science is forever changing and there's always stuff we don't know, Right now there's so much research going on and it's going to just keep going on because there's always new stuff to learn. So that's a really fun component of dietetics as well.
1: Yeah. And so many fields too, for research, like you could literally research anything you probably wanted to in terms of nutrition.
0: Yeah. People like specialize on something so specific and then they spend the rest of their lives focusing on that. Yeah. Which is pretty cool.
1: I don't know if I'd like that but no I'm thinking of like Dr. Lighty who like her thing is protein at breakfast that's like her thing yeah she like probably does every single day
0: yeah she she knows what she's talking about yeah so that's really cool
1: it's usually I don't know actually I don't know this I shouldn't speculate speculate what does like a PhD RD make do you think I guess it probably depends on how long you've been doing it and that kind of stuff but like
0: I think a lot, I'm not a professor, obviously, but based off my creepy, we're not going to say creepy, resourceful FBI skill. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, A lot of public universities do post how much (laughs) their employees make, the more you know. (laughs) And I think it really depends on how long you've been working there what your position is in the department what your involvement is with involvement involvement
1: Involve- you really <laughs> held the candle with that one
0: <laughs> see
1: that was on purpose by the way if you didn't get that
0: um but <laughs> This is a roller coaster. I'm so sorry. To have one. Uh, it really remember. depends on all these different factors on how much you get paid, how slip your tenured, stuff like that. Yeah. But I think I don't think there's as much as a pay discrepancy in like university nutrition professors compared to other departments. As there is, and say clinical or the medical field. Yeah. Which is a touchy subject. Yes.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Not going to go much further into that. No,
0: it's good to be noted.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just choose your job based on what your motivators are. If it's money, choose wisely. If it's satisfaction, choose wisely. Because it varies greatly on as a dietitian what you could be getting paid on what you're doing it's such a wide range yeah
0: Yeah. so moving on (laughs) the next portion and we're almost to the end yeah i mean i'm sure there's more areas that we didn't think of but these are the main ones we could think of at the moment is sports nutrition which hannah and i kind of know a decent amount of about because we did volunteer so much at Purdue with their sports nutrition staff. Yeah. So the different areas of sports nutrition is collegiate, obviously with like college and university students, the growth of the collegiate dietitians has grown exponentially. Over the past 15 years, it's insane how much that field has grown, which is yeah. really good because athletes should be working with sports dietitians because you eat, eating is a huge part of feeling your body, being able to balance student life and athlete life, yeah. stuff like that. The next portion of sports nutrition is your professional league. This is like the NBA, the NFL the nhl the really the biggest professional league i've seen is nfl i think almost i don't know don't quote me on this <laughs> i think almost every nfl team has a sports dietitian i think
1: you're sport. right
0: i'm gonna google it but that's a really big portion of sports dietitian sports is a really big component of sports nutrition <laughs> that a lot of sports dietitians go into. And then the next component is a really cool one. It's tactical. And this is working with our armed forces. And this is really, I think it's very different compared to your other sports nutrition settings, because I don't want to say it's more laid back, but it doesn't have as rigorous of a schedule from what I've heard from other tactical dietitians I've talked to. We can break one on if you guys would like let us know um but it's really cool because they work similarly in the sense that when someone gets deployed they act like that's game day and they're always training to prepare for that that's Mm -hmm. what i've learned which is very interesting in a very long game day so the nutrition (laughs) behind that is so interesting to me and it's,
1: it's love it more than four quarters that's for
0: sure yeah <laughs> it lasts like more than four hours of a day <laughs> um and the last section is my personal favorite the olympics because i love the olympics and you love so, the olympics i do, I do. <laughs> and um it's really cool because there's so many sports dietitians working in all these different facilities throughout the u.s specifically i don't really know other olympic facilities what other countries are doing but i assume it's probably something similar and that's really awesome because they're working with olympians so that's so cool to me that's so cool that's like elite did you find the answer about um unfortunately the answer that i
1: first saw drew me away from looking any further it says (laughs) um Every team is supposed to have a nutritionist, and so I saw that and got turned off and stopped looking.
0: Because every team is supposed to have a nutritionist. That
1: was on Reddit, so of course. Okay, wrong I was like, "What is your source?" But,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I know on a really great resource is CPSDA, which is Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietitians Association. Shout out to them, and I think on their page they have a lot of the nfl dietitians listed that cool. so you can oh, check that so. out yeah. and it like lists their names and everything which is super cool and yeah you can learn about who's working with what teams and whatnot don't go bother them though like don't be a crazy fan where you bother the staff about information that is not your business i feel a, a preaching coming on i'm i'm I might just keep it at that because if you're questioning if this is appropriate to ask (laughs) to a staff member in the sense of is this information something that I should know or I should feel okay or comfortable asking if you're already asking that don't do it yeah they're really awesome people but
1: yeah yep yeah Okay. Our final one is one of our other favorites, obviously, as we're currently doing this, making this whole podcast thing, and that is private practice. So this can include so many different things as a dietitian. This can It's like endless, the opportunities that this can include, like obviously podcasting could be like one portion of it, but like having a YouTube channel in general, usually it involves like seeing clients on your own versus like what I'm currently doing at my other job, which is where the patients come to me through a healthcare facility, yada, yada, yada. This is where like you do your own thing and patients or patients, clients come to you to work with you on whatever your specialty is.
0: And it's really awesome because people can develop these types of niches for their practice where they get really great at working with the specific type. Of client, and it turns into kind of being able to refer individuals to other dietitians based on what they're looking for, which is something so cool, especially with the technological world we're living in. There are so many dietitians out there, and they all offer something slightly different. And it's just kind of figure out how they can benefit you. Yeah. And you could also just follow them because you find them interesting. Hopefully you find us interesting.
1: <laughs> we think we're hilarious and full of good information. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Like it can be so specific, which is super cool. Like there are RDs out there who only see clients who are women in their 40s who have PCOS. Like it can be so so specific, which is really neat because they get so good at that one thing that they're a great person to work with if you have that specific disease state or whatever that they're working with.
0: Exactly. I thought of one more area. Oh yeah. TV dietitians. Yes, like on the news and stuff. Yeah. So like me. I guess it's more mainstream media, I guess. But I could not tell you how to get into this because I do not know how people get into this. But there are like good morning America dietitians, there are ABC diet, ABC News dietitians. I believe it. And I really don't know much about what they do, but I know a lot of them, I think, at least the ones I met at Fancy, they, like, wrote books and stuff, and then they would present regularly on the Associated News Station, which is very cool. If you're really into public speaking, presentations, cooking demos, a big thing, that could be for you.
1: I don't, it's, I don't nightmare.
0: know
1: about <laughs> it that would be like being on live tv it's not just like a group of 10 people watching you make some pasta it's like the freaking country can watch you oh <laughs> i hate out oh, oh i know that'd be my nightmare pretty cool it's though if you scary. do like that kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah definitely very cool yeah it's so
1: cool how like you can take anything that you like as a hobby and like merge it with nutrition and like make that a job that's what's so cool yeah. about being a dietitian
0: yeah definitely the that you said that i'm thinking of others there's like food photography dietitians who yeah. they're just insanely good at food photography i'm always blown away and Me that's kind too. of what their entire mantra is that they post on social media they have oftentimes recipe books because all their pictures look bomb yeah and that's really cool that's, so it, it really is i really yeah. like what you said it's like you can find a hobby of yours that you're really good at and mix it in. This doesn't even just have to be dietetics. This can be whatever major you're focusing on. If you didn't go to college, whatever your primary interest is for a career path in finding something that you're really good at and what you enjoy and merging it with what you do to make income um, or just like your career in general yeah finding a way to be successful at that
1: yeah that's like the dream is to obviously like make money doing something that you like really 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 like to do Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah not to say it's monetize all your hobbies it's another conversation but oh yeah don't
0: don't do it 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 to the point where you don't like your hobbies anymore because that you need to do something for fun know your boundaries with yourself what you're willing to do for that Okay, I think that's all of our fields, right? Yeah, definitely, at this moment. Okay, let us know, know. DM us, comment on our posts, what types of dietitians you want to hear from, because there are so many different types, and between Hannah and I, I'd say we know a decent amount of them, or... (laughs) We know all the dietitians. We can slide away into anyone's DMs what we're trying to say. <laughs> we know a decent amount of types of dietitians. Yeah. And we are open to making new friends as well. So yeah. let us know who you want to hear from, what specialties or different areas you want to hear from more, and we can bring them on here and also answer any questions you have. We can make a component of that on our Instagram where you submit questions you want us to ask.
1: Oh, I like that idea.
0: Mm -hmm. And then we can ask our guests. Okay, I love it.
1: Okay, bonus question today. This is a tough one. I'm excited. question is, is cheesecake actually really a pie? And so I thought to kick this off, we should while we're live, look up the definition of a pie.
0: I like how this is how all of our bonus questions now start. I know we look for the definition. We're like, does this? I want to just say before I even look anything up, I'm yes. going to say yes because I don't think cheesecake is a cake. It's definitely not although like... I'm thinking ice cream cake now, and I wouldn't say ice cream cake is a cake. What's a cake definition? Does that have to be like a baked good?
1: Because cheesecake is baked
0: that's true Sometimes, Pie, i found it baked. says a baked dish of fruit or meat and vegetables typically with a base and pay typically with a top and base of a pastry so i guess cheesecake doesn't have a top it doesn't it have to
1: like pumpkin pie for example is another that's one. true that's true but it's not usually dairy based is the thing although i guess like a cream pie like that's a pie
0: and yeah that's... but I think the big thing the pie is more general where it's like any baked dish with a filling that has a top and base of a more so base of a pastry
1: is pizza a pie
0: pizza pie isn't it
1: I mean that's like the thing I thought you say. pizza it's like was pizza
0: pie. yeah pizza is a pie <laughs> okay that was easy. established <laughs> okay
1: moving on to cheesecake is that a pie um I really don't know because it's not mainly fruit meat or vegetable based on this definition. Yeah. From, from Oxford Languages.
0: I'm looking up what a cake is now cuz so now I'm like is cheesecake even a cake?
1: Merriam-Webster says that pie is a dessert consisting of a filling as a fruit or custard that's kind of more dairyish in a pastry shell or top of the pastry or both. So it doesn't have to have the topping. It can but it doesn't have to have the top.
0: But it's like a filling. So is the cheesecake, the cheesecake part uh, is that a filling? I think that's the question. I oh. think that's the question, the
1: determining question. Hmm. I okay. What's the cake definition? Because I think that's what differentiates it. Is
0: if it's not. I didn't cake, like the one I found. Pie. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I did <laughs> not like this one. <laughs> It is, oh, there's so many. Why do they, why does Miriam Webster do this? Why is there a verb? Oh, caking or getting caked. Okay.
1: What <laughs> was like, does that mean?
0: When you cake something like with dust or you like. Oh, oh yeah. Duh. Packing. So Miriam Webster says a bread-like food made from a dough or batter that is usually fried or baked in a small flat shapes and is often unleavened. Or a sweet baked food made from a dough or a thick batter, usually containing flour and sugar and often shortenings, eggs in a raising agent. Isn't it supposed to say rising? Okay. Oh, no.
1: Well, it's not like a dough or batter thing. So no, I think that's what I was
0: thinking is like the cake is talking a lot more about the components. Yeah. And it's really emphasizing the dough. So it's definitely not a cake. So it has to be a pie.
1: I would think. I think of cheesecake filling as a filling. So
0: why don't they call it cheese pie? That sounds disgusting. <laughs> and cheesecake sounds better. I guess. I feel like it's been like it. it's been normalized. So like, you don't really think anything of cheesecake. It's very but true. We can change it today. We start saying <laughs> cheese pie.
1: Oh, well, it's going to catch on just from two you know midwestern dietitians on a weird podcast but we'll try our best
0: we'll put on a shirt we're gonna there make we
1: go it. yeah stay tuned for petition that
0: petition for cheese pie
1: <laughs> what is it give peace a chance we can do give cheese pie a chance <laughs> that's the episode name <laughs> No, that would never make any sense
0: without. No, it's not (laughs) even about give cheese pie a chance. I definitely I like that answer. I think it's more of a pie than it is a cake. That I yeah, I agree. Who labeled that? Give me their contact information. I I bet they're long gone, but maybe. Give me some of their relatives.
1: (laughs) I think it's been around for a while. Let's Google that. How long (laughs) has cheesecake been
0: around? I just want to give you guys. 4,000 years. (laughs) 4,000 years. Wait, it says it was mentioned by a Greek physician. Oh, well then, yeah, the creator is like. Long gone. The history of cheesecake. All right, we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've learned so
1: much. I know. When was the first cheesecake made? 776 BC. Oh my gosh, oh my- this is funny. It was served to athletes during the first Olympic Games.
0: Oh my gosh, we're coming full circle. Oh, <laughs> dietitian
1: meant to be. <laughs> I promise I did not know this when I picked the question. I just... Randomly picked one that sounded fun. No. Oh, but okay, the but... oldest written cheesecake recipe is credited to writer Athenius and dates back to 230 AD. Oh, well, 736 BC is before AD,
0: right? Yeah. Yes. So the Why? first Why is cheesecake been around so long?
1: Were know. they really
0: into cheese?
1: Was it like a cream cheese base, you think? I don't know how long cream cheese. How long has cream cheese been around? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love I Google. So, I have so many questions. Cream cheese has been around since
1: like the eighteen hundreds. So I wonder what cheesecake was made of.
0: BC. Well, <laughs> oh, I see stuff about pasteurized cheese, but that's still in the nineteen hundreds. Huh oh it says ricotta that's what the traditional greek cheesecake was made with
1: how long has ricotta been around (laughs) (laughs) um oh yeah that one says it's been around since the bronze age which i guess is like a long time ago
0: Mm -hmm. okay so it says cream cheesecake cream cheese cheesecake is what Americans typically think of but it can be very different oh my gosh I just I'm quoting this website it says cheesecake is technically a pie not a cake okay there we go our thoughts are although this is I think this is a blog so like Eh. (laughs) we're still citing it we're still yes so there you go folks
1: wow that was I took a turn. My like Google history is now <laughs> spicier than ever.
0: Um, I wanted to say that when we started off our Googling process, I Googled why did people name cheesecake a cheesecake, and
1: <laughs> and this is where we are. Oh, Okay, okay, that led to this. Okay,
0: yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Verdict is it? No, no. Cheesecake. I looked up who named cheesecake. Cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's better. <laughs> I think it's worse. That's worse. That's worse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was the it dietitian makes-
1: at the Olympics in <laughs> 776 BC. The, the
0: physician, the the physician dietitian, said cheesecake. Oh wow!
1: They did it all back then. <laughs> they did the medical stuff. They did the nutrition stuff. <laughs> they were doing tube feeds and vaccines at the
0: same time. <laughs> so versatile, and they were inventing cheesecake. Wow, man! So they were doing like they are food too. too. Yeah, man,
1: they better got paid real good for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think that's enough about cheese pie. <laughs> 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 oh okay thank you guys so much for listening we <laughs> hope you learned something about dietetics and also <laughs> cheesecake that's always our goal is to teach you a little bit more than what you may have thought you would have learned
0: yes exactly but yeah okay thanks for tuning in today and yeah. stay tuned for next week for a new episode yep see you next week All right, Bye. bye
1: Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat
0: Dietitians with your hosts Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new
1: episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.